Welcome to Animals in Europe, a podcast presented by Eurogroup for Animals, the animal advocacy organization uniting members across Europe and beyond. Join us as we discuss current affairs affecting animals along with expert special guests. My name is Reineke Hameliers and I'm the CEO of Eurogroup for Animals. Today we are talking to Anja Hasekamp. Anja is a member of the European Parliament for the Dutch Animal Party. She's also president of the Intergroup for the Welfare and Conservation of Animals and the genuine animal advocate. And at the end of a very eventful year in Brussels, we are looking back at the successes and challenges for animals in 2021 and reflect on Anja's time as president of the Animal Welfare Intergroup. And one of Anja's main takeaways has been and I don't want to hear about the problems in one member state. We have 26 other member states we, we have, that have different problems and we have to come up with a solution that works for all member states. Hello Anja, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? Well, I'm, uh, I'm good today. We, uh, it was a busy week, but... Uh, it was again a busy week. I can't again. imagine you have had quiet weeks, right? Oh, no, no, not for a long time. But, uh, well, you have busy weeks and you have extremely busy weeks. And yes. it was an extremely busy week. <laughs> and we will come to discuss why it was so busy in a moment. Um, but not before um, we are sharing with the listeners that after two and a half years, your term as president of the Animal Welfare Intergroup, will uh, come uh, to, to an end uh, in, in December. That's how the rules uh, work. Um, so it's a great uh, pleasure to reflect with you um, on uh, the uh, highlights you have experienced, on the achievements for the animals and the challenges you, you have been facing. But all in all, Anja, how do you look back at those two and a half years? And did it meet your expectations when you got elected as president? Well, yes and no. <laughs> it uh, it was uh, uh, of course COVID uh, made it uh, rather difficult to to have uh, a lot of meetings and events uh, that we planned. But fortunately, we were able to to have uh, monthly meetings with this intergroup, uh, and and they were quite good. Uh, I have to say, we had very interesting meetings. We have. Uh, uh, we are again one of the biggest intergroups of the European Parliament. A lot of support from all these uh, colleagues uh, for well a, a wide range of topics. So I'm uh, I'm very happy. That's great. We also know you as a very ambitious uh, president with um, uh, a huge wish list. I can remember that when we talked. Uh, when you got um, elected, that you had a lot of things you wanted to do. Can you share with us what were the key victories during your term? Oh, there, there were some, some quite big victories and somewhat uh, smaller victories. But I think uh, when I look at the biggest ones, I think the and the KTH uh, uh, resolution in the European Parliament uh, uh, was, was one of the victories. Um, the setting up of the Animal Transport Inquiry Committee was a great victory. And for me, the, the Farm to Fork Own Initiative report uh, was quite a big su uh, success as well. Indeed, these are unprecedented uh, results, I would say. Let us zoom in on, on, on each of them, because firstly, 
Uh, you, meant, you mentioned the ECI uh, to end the cage age, indeed. Uh, it, it was like the parliament shifted its position. Um, it adopted this resolution and then the commission followed with this positive uh, commitment. Um, so how did that all happen, Anja? How did you influence that process? Well, I think uh, well, the, the, most of the work was done by, by uh, uh, all the NGOs working uh, on this citizens' initiative and collecting the signatures uh, all over Europe, campaigning for over a year. I think those are the, the, the real uh, drivers behind the success of the Endicage Age uh, Citizens' Initiative. And of course, the, the, the many people who signed this uh, citizens' initiative demanding that we, would, that we need to ban cages in Europe once and for all. I think those, those were the, the main drivers. And my work was, was rather limited uh, compared to that. We, we just asked colleagues to be ambitious, to listen to the citizens, to open their eyes to see what, what suffering goes on behind the closed doors of, of our barns, our slaughterhouses. And I think... That was that. That altogether, that made it really successful. Hmm. But then, oh yeah, there are other ECIs that were successful, and that didn't lead to a commitment from the Commission to start legislating. So, what made this unique? Um, what made this ECI unique in that respect? Well, I think uh, we see more and more uh, members of the European Parliament that don't turn a blind eye to animal suffering anymore. A growing number of members make it their priority to, to end this suffering. And I think altogether we, well, we had this platform in the intergroup and with all these ambitious MEPs together, we, we fought really hard to, to make it a success and also to have a clear date to, to phase out all these cages in Europe and not to limit it to, to just one or two species, but to end the cages for uh, poultry, for, for rabbits, for uh, pigs, the calves. So it was really, I think it was in that sense really successful uh, because we all wanted to end this as soon as possible in 2027. Well, it, it still takes a few years uh, before we reach that point, but... Uh, when you look at it, it is quite ambitious to to phase out all the cages for all these animals by 2027 in the whole of Europe. Yes, yes. And we have to, to hold the Commission also to that deadline, which is not uh, a given, uh, I heard. But then, Anja, in the beginning, there was also a lot of resistance. And I can remember that the chair of the Agri Committee was not in favor of phasing out the cages. So what, what happened in that process? Well, also in the Agri Committee, we it is always depending on who is uh, who are the key MEPs to work on a, a resolution, and in this case, we were very lucky to to have uh, other members of the intergroup working as a shadow rapporteur or uh, on on this file. So it was uh, quite a good cooperation there. So in the end, the the Agri share just couldn't ignore the voices from, from his own committee uh, any longer, and he had to well, uh, give in. And I think one of your, your real um, uniqueness as president of, of the intergroup is that you 
um, stayed very close with civil society and you always uh, wanted also to make their voices heard. Why is that important for you, Anya? Well, I, I, I worked for quite a long time before I became a member of the European Parliament as a, uh, for se uh, 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 several animal welfare NGOs uh, myself. So I see how... how frustrating it is that you have all these studies, this knowledge about what is going on without the politicians listening really closely to what is happening. And I think uh, we have to not only listen to farmers and uh, people from the industry, but certainly we have to listen to civil society and we have to listen to all these animal welfare NGOs. They, they have expertise that goes back for decades now and they know what what the problems are and how to solve it so i think it is very important to involve them as well in the in the whole process yeah thank you also for giving uh, us that that voice i can't resist to ask you this question now before we zoom in on the other successes during your presidency term but Anya, you have worked for uh, the NGOs and now you have been a politician for quite some years. What um, do you think was mo most effective in driving change for animals? Well, I think uh, when you are a politician, the, the other politicians have to listen to you all the time. And when you are working for an NGO, you you can visit a politician, you talk to them for 20 minutes, and then you're out the door again. And uh, you haven't that you can't have that much influence in between these meetings. You can send letters, you send emails, but still they they easily forget about all these topics. And being a member of the European Parliament, I'm able to give the message every day in all the debates and they have to listen and they cannot ignore you for well they can ignore you for a certain time but not always so i think that's uh, that makes it more powerful more successful uh, but we i cannot do this without having the all the people working for the ngos on the outside collecting information uh, sending sending them to not only me, but also to the rest of the, the members of the parliament and coming up with, with good solutions as well. Yeah, sure, sure. And But Anja, is it not hard to make all those compromises? Because that's the art of politics. You have to compromise and you have to give in on something you really believe in. How do you deal with that? Well, for instance, by... Well, I don't like to compromise, so... Usually I fight very hard for, for this ideal situation for animals. And of course, you have to compromise in the end. But we always look at if it, if it is really an improvement or if it just, it's just a little bit of greenwashing or uh, small steps. I think when we look at environmental policies, when we look at animal welfare policies, we don't have any more times for small steps. We need big steps. So if the steps are too small, I will not support the compromise. And well, we, we talked uh, about one of the other successes, the farm to fork report. Uh, it is no secret that I believe that, that the farm to fork uh, initiative report uh, could have and, and should have been more ambitious, far more ambitious on many issues. Uh, but I also think that, that, for instance, this farm to fork report 
offers hope for for a livable future in which food that we produce and consume will no longer be produced at the expense of, of animals or uh, at the expense of future generations. Hmm. Yeah, this was indeed a, a big success because you are saying it was a compromise in the end, but you also overcame a lot of resistance and attempts uh, from uh, the big corporates to water down the report. So can you um, tell us a bit more about the key gains uh, in the Farm to Fork report for you? What were you very, very pleased with? Well, I, I was very pleased that, that well, there, there, in the whole negotiations about a, a sustainable and animal-friendly food system, there were two big cows in the room. Um, mm-hmm. uh, two. The, yes. two, two, two <laughs> big cows. <laughs> So uh, uh, the first one is the the negative impact the our agriculture animal agriculture has on climate and biodiversity on animal health and also on on human health um, and the other wa- uh, was the our the European trade policies we when we see that we have s- some rules in Europe for for instance for environmental um, safety and, and and biodiversity, animal welfare. And we import a lot of products that uh, are produced with l- much lower rules. And, and, and I think one of the, the biggest achievements of the, the Farm to Fork was that both of these issues, the, the animal agriculture and our European uh, trade policies, that they were addressed. So that's... We we said in the report that no product should be imported, uh, produced with lower standards than our European standards. So that was really good. And we also said that the impact of animal agriculture is huge on biodiversity, on environmental, um, our environment, on climate change, and also uh, on animal welfare, of course. So so um, that resulted, for instance, in a shift, uh, a proposal to stimulate the, the shift towards more plant-based diets. And that is a historic uh, breakthrough in the European Parliament where talking about the negative aspects of animal agriculture were taboo. Yeah, and also talking about uh, reduction of uh, meat production uh, and, and consumption. And then, oh yeah, there's this quite ambitious report and then you know some people may think and now what you know the commission will read it the commission will respond but will there there also be some results some actions what do well, you expect we, we, well first of all we saw a, a big uh, intense and ag- uh, aggressive lobby by multinationals and agribusinesses to to water down the the greenest elements of the farm to fork re- report and the parliament resisted this and I think they they also saw that those who dominate the the food and drink industry, who sell us ultra processed food and soft drinks, high in sugar, fat, salt, they they won't profit from the change to to healthy food environments. And those who profit from confining millions of of sentient animals in cramped cages, howling them hundreds of kilometers to be brutally slaughtered, they don't profit from the challenges to or the changes to, to a more plant-based healthy diet and crucial changes in animal welfare. But 
of course, the animals, the, the farmers, the climate, our ecosystems and consumers, they will certainly benefit from this transition. So I expect that, that these multinationals and agro-businesses will continue lobbying now the, the European Commission. So we have to be quite strong. We, we have to resist this lobby. We have to convince the European Commission to uh, listen to the European Parliament and, and not listen to the the businesses that want to continue with business as usual and uh, well, show them that what the right, uh, right path is they need to go. Yeah, and I think in her um, inaugural speech, um, Commission President von der Leyen also said that she wanted to take the reports from the parliament more seriously. Do you recognize that this is also happening? Yes, when you compare it to the previous um, uh, term of the, the, from the period from 2014 to 2019, we had a uh, European Commission that, and also a commissioner that said, oh, animal welfare is a topic very close to my heart and we need to solve the problems. But he was quite clear from the beginning that there would be no new legislation on animal welfare. And when we look at the situation now, we have uh, a few commissioners uh, that are really... Well, they, they are willing to go further than, than the previous commission and they are uh, also promising a lot of uh, legislation now. For the Farm to Fork report, there are uh, 27 legislative proposals that will come out from it and uh, a few of them are on, on animal welfare. So that's a, a really different situation than the previous term and I think that gives a lot of hope for the future as well. And oh yeah, um, you said uh, around the uh, ECI and the KGH, but also the Farm to Fork report, that you also feel that the mood in the parliament is changing. Uh, now we know that animal protection is a cross-political uh, issue, um, but how does that work for other interrelated topics, such as environmental uh, protection, uh, climate change, uh, biodiversity... Um, do you feel that the parliament is also coming more together on those topics? Yes, I think so too. We uh, we have, of course, uh, there are intergroups working on those topics as well. But when I, I see, uh, for instance, in the environmental committee, we, we see a lot of progress there as well. We are quite a progressive group, a progressive committee in the, in the European Parliament, and coming up with a lot of good proposals there that are also carried by the European Parliament as a whole. And how come, Anja, that animal protection is a topic um, that is really cross-political and it is so close to the hearts of, of many MEPs? Because you have led an intergroup with representatives from almost all the EU countries, but also all the political colors. Yes, because in, in every country... And through all the political groups, there are people that that think that animal welfare matters. And they, they are not only saying that it matters, but they are also willing to come up with proposals to show that they care and that they want to change the situation. Because let us be honest, the current situation for animals in Europe is still terrible. Yeah, it's, dramatic. Uh, it's it's absolutely well. I, I was looking for a decent word here, but we we have to be ashamed of ourselves that we let this continue. The way these animals are treated in our uh, factory farming systems, the way we treat 
uh, stray animals, our, our, even our pets. And, and it is absolutely, well, disgusting what we do to animals in Europe. And I think that if, if we say in, in the Lisbon Treaty that animals are sentient beings and that we um, should take them into consideration in, in every policy field, then there's a lot of work to do. And then we should also act according to, to this. And yeah, we are only then planting the seeds now huh? because the big effects uh, yet have to, to happen. Um, yes, the, the commission has, has to follow up now. The, the parliament is quite uh, usually quite strong in its wording and, and ambitious. So now the European Commission has to show these ambition uh, as well. And do you find that difficult that your hands are tied in that respect and that you always have to call on the Commission to do something, but that you can't actually do it yourself as European Parliament? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, uh, well, it is sometimes it is, is quite frustrating. And, and we know that these processes take a lot of time. And it is so frustrating to see the same things happen that we saw uh, 20, 30 years ago happening. And even though in the meantime there was some new legislation, uh, for instance on, on live animal transport, we saw the, uh, that well we have this, this legislation in place, uh, the Regulation 1 2005, but still we see the same problems that were there already in the, in the 80s, in the 90s, uh, and, and the whole decades, all the decades following. So there's a lot of work to be done and we need to really step up uh, with legislation as well. Yeah, and talking about challenges, I think uh, you have been very busy this week, as you said in the beginning, because an important report of the Animal Transport Inquiry Committee was uh, uh, adopted. Um, this wasn't an easy process, right, Anja? No, absolutely not. We... we well, in the beginning, we, we organized hearings, uh, we, we listened to a lot of experts, we were questioning them, we listened to the, the member states, to veterinarians, the, the national authorities, the European Commission, we listened to everyone involved in, the, in animal transport, and we identified that there are serious problems there, that animals are still being transported with not enough headspace uh, amongst ex during extreme temperatures, whether they are extremely high or extremely low. Uh, we see that uh, the, the trucks and vessels uh, on which they are transported are too crowded. The journey times is too long. Well, we see enormous problems there. And they were, they were identified and uh, everybody, more or less everybody, agreed on this. But we also saw that the recommendations coming out are very weak and not so ambitious as we, we would have expected. When you describe all these problems, then you would expect the ANIT committee, the Animal Transport Inquiry Committee, to come up with some real ambitious and bold decisions and bold recommendations. But it's lacking, unfortunately. And how come, Anja? Because indeed, you know, you have brought so much evidence uh, to the to the committee members. So why is it such a weak report as it stands now? Well, it is very weak. Uh, I think there are two reasons. Uh, first of all, a lot of key players in, in the uh, report are mainly listening to the industry. They are listening to... They are talking about national 
interests. They are talking about media pressure. They are talking about a lot of things uh, other than animal welfare. And this is not an issue of national member states. This is an international cross-border problem and we need to solve it as, as such. And I don't want to hear about the problems in one member state. We have 26 other member states we, we ha that have different problems and we have to come up with a solution that works for all member states. And well, when you talk about, for instance, I, I, I've been working a lot on, on exports and on sea transports of animals. There is no way that we can guarantee the welfare of animals as soon as they leave the European Union. The moment they cross the border, they are out of sight and they are lost. Um, and the European Commission uh, and the European member states, they cannot check what the situation is on board of these ships or what is happening when they arrive in countries in outside of the EU, whether it's Russia, Kazakhstan, or the Middle East, North Africa, they are just out of sight. And we know that many of these countries uh, have no animal welfare legislation at all. They just don't care about animals. And uh, there are, well, the, the treatment of the animals is unbelievably brutal. Yeah, so you, Anya, you worked so hard over the past month, you know, on all these missions, on collecting the evidence. It, it must have been also emotionally draining for yourself. So how do you deal now with such um, a disappointment after a vote uh, today? Um, how do you recharge your batteries and prepare yourself now for the, for the next battle? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, sometimes it's difficult. When you, it, it is difficult, uh, well, I have to reload my battery, uh, recharge. When, when I come back from a mission, uh, for instance, to one of the European exit ports and, and see how these animals, even in Europe, are, are treated. Uh, that is very emotional, watching, watching all these animals suffer. But when you... Uh, it gives me also a lot of energy to continue the fight. And to, that we, There's no way that I can give up and, and leave these animals. We have to continue the fight. Uh, it makes me also very uh, well it makes me sometimes very angry sometimes i'm very uh, emotional but it gives me a lot of animals uh, a lot of energy to fight for these animals and to continue uh, my work i will not give up no way <laughs> no we also know you as someone who won't rest you know till no i you know, no, until till this is whenever this is, <laughs> whenever no i will not rest I, my my uh, I, I can't remember I did anything else in, in my life. I always fought for this injustice and for, for the way we treat our animals for decades now. And I will not give up. So if they think that they will keep continue with, with, with transporting animals over sea or uh, by air or on the road, uh, and that I will be quiet and, and watch this happen, no way. <laughs> no way. <laughs> and we thank you for that. Now, Anya, I'm sure that, you know, your battle will uh, continue also after your term as, uh, as president. Um, there will be a, a new election now in, in December. What would be your message for your successor? Uh, well, my message will, would be don't 
look at impossibilities. Uh, always look at possibilities to change the situation for animals and look for different ways to make it happen. So if it isn't possible through the European Commission, try something else. Try uh, to make all the problems that animals are currently facing, make, make it political. And we sometimes hear that problems are, that, that things are not in the, uh, in the hands of the European Commission. Well, I think all, an, all animal welfare problems in Europe are in the hands of the European Commission because of Article 13, where we say it is animals are sentient beings and we should treat them uh, good. And as soon as we don't, there is an, a possibility for the European Parliament to, to interfere. And I think my, uh, the, that the new president of the Animal Welfare Intergroup uh, should continue the fight and try to make all animal suffering in Europe and outside uh, a political issue and fight for it. That seems like an amazing challenge and it makes me think of this uh, quote, it always seems impossible until it's done. I think you have exactly proven that, uh, Anja, um, with the big uh, milestones you achieved uh, during your term as president. president. Uh, thank you so much. And indeed, um, we wish you a lot of fresh energy to continue this fight. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this discussion. And thank you to all our listeners for following our work for animals throughout 2021. And we wish you a very happy holiday season. Be sure to follow Jurgo for Animals on social media and through our website jurgoforanimals.org to continue following our progress in a brand new year. Thanks for listening to Animals in Europe. You can find our podcast catalog on our website, eurogroupforanimals.org. You can also subscribe to the Animals in Europe podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Join us next time as we build together a Europe that cares for animals.